just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. This is Editor Jack from the future. And I realized as I was editing that we did a cutoff point at part one of this episode on privilege, but then we did not record an opening to continue our conversation. We just dove right back into it. So sorry about that. And I hope you enjoy part two. You know, I mentioned I worked retail. So for many years, both my wife and I worked retail, and we both worked every Saturday. Mm -hmm. But we were privileged in that we had family members that could watch our children on Mm -hmm. Saturday. Mm -hmm. Because our family members worked nine to five jobs Monday through Friday, and they were home on Saturday to help us by watching our children. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're in a poverty cycle, chances are... Maybe the grandparents that could help us, they can't help you with your kids because they might also, they're probably also in retail working on Saturdays. And that's just this other level of stress that that you have. How am I going to figure this out? I got to get somebody to get the kids. Okay, I have them in the after school program at the Boys and Girls Club, but you have to have them picked up by 6 o'clock. I get off at 7. How am I going to get them there at at 6 o'clock? Yeah. And, um, you know, that people just don't understand how that can affect your mindset if you've never had to deal with those issues. Because it was stressful for us figuring out sometimes who could pick up the kids, you know, during the week. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we had people that we knew we could count on to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and at the time, I never stopped to think about how that's we were really privileged that we had family members that we could use for that. Mm-hmm. Same, same with me. I was, I was privileged and incredibly grateful for it, but at the same time, and it wasn't necessarily something that they had to tell me. I knew I could only, I only wanted to depend on them, but so much because exactly. Yeah. These, you, you know, this is my kid. These are my responsibilities. And sometimes, you know, again, getting stuck in survival mode, also tied into that is a whole bunch of pride. And, right. the mom- and the moments that you need to help are the ones that you don't say anything. <laughs> right. And that's and that's tricky, too, because, you know, if something comes up, maybe something, you know, if you're lucky to have a car, well, something comes up and you need a repair. Or um, something happens with your kid, you got to take them to the doctor, but it doesn't matter what the reason is. Your job hits you, you know, with, you know, it docks you something for being off on a certain day. No matter if your attendance record has been spotless, one good time. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to put this on a permanent record. Well, what the, you know, and it's like, what am I doing working for a place that doesn't care about this? You know, it doesn't care about it, it. It, it pays me some money. And in this particular case, that job I had was another call center. And I liked it because 
it was something a little bit different than I'd done before. But as everything, you know, the 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 glimmer fades, and you're like, what am I doing here, working for peanuts? And I've got these weird shifts, and now they want to give me, you know, shit because I gotta go take my kid to the doctor, or you know, she's had an accident and I gotta leave her. And like, well, you know, okay. So, you know, like you say, you you're stuck on going from one thing, one thing, and one thing to the next, and you're not thinking about next week per se. You're if you're thinking about next week, you're thinking about what bills do next week, (laughs) yeah. What do I have scheduled next week? What do the kids have to do next week? So on and so forth. So thinking about your aspirations or even though you may want to do better, thinking about how to do it, it's the last thing on your mind. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Um, I was going to tell you a cool story about Boys and Girls Club, but mm-hmm. finish your thought first. No, I'm thinking about, and again, it's it, and this is kind of an example of, by, by no means am I implying that if you want to make it, you can't. You can't. We absolutely can. I'm thinking about, um, it was a, a movie and a book based on a true story, The Pursuit of Happiness. Right. Uh-huh. Will Smith. Will Smith. He plays, and it slips my mind. It's a, based on a real life story about a, a New York, um, well, he's a former stockbroker. I can't, I think he does consulting now or something like that. But, you know, in the story, Will Smith portrays this guy who he's fallen on a series of hard times. And we should probably bring this up. He runs into some issues because he has a poop load of unpaid parking tickets. Yes. And there's yes. a there's another that's another nail in, you know, in the whole framework of poverty. You know, getting tangled yeah. up in any kind of legal issue, whether it's a parking ticket, whether it's a speeding ticket, those kinds of things will hem you up. In a heartbeat. And it's almost like you can't get out of him. But in his case, he got caught up with that. He ended up in, you know, in jail for a few days behind it. And he was a single father to a son. And, you know, he almost lost custody to his son. And then he lost his apartment because he didn't have a job. And then his son ended up in a hotel and they ran out of money. And then, and this scene breaks my heart every time when they show him and the boy in the subway bathroom. Yeah, no, that one, that one, that's definitely one that yes. brings some, some misty eyes. Yes, when you, and then when you see, and of course, you know, Hollywood embellishes things, so, you know, I'm sure a lot, some of that was for dramatic purposes, but what you see eventually is the man working his way up. He, he cinches a, an internship at, I can't remember the brokerage house he was at. Like, we'll just say Charles Schwab. Something like that. It's the only one I could think of. (laughs) He cinches an internship with, you know, what appears to be a really unconventional interview and works unpaid. And when I say that man worked his ass off, he worked his ass off. But at what cost? You know what I mean? I'm sure he doesn't necessarily have a bad relationship with his kids. I don't want to assume that. But there's that cost as well. Spending quality time with your kids when you're doing what's necessary to survive. Those kind of relationships suffer too. So, yeah. Yeah. even even though the real life guy, he's you know he turned into a huge success and he ended up op- opening his own firm and he's done a lot of stuff since yeah. then. Multi millionaire. Yes, I do often wonder, you know, at what cost do people like him and others like him? What what cost besides financial, you know, do they pay? Yeah. In 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 trying to 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 
climb their way up. And granted, I know he did it for the good of him and his his kid, but you know, what's the emotional toll there too? Oh yeah. Yeah, those yeah, are the kinds sure. of those are the kinds of like intangible things I think of when we talk about privilege. Like having money and like you said, having, you know, making good money, having a job, a nine to five job, weekends free, that gives you a lot of time to spend with your kids. You can do those quality things. You can enroll them in those lessons. You can happily go and pick them up and drop them off. Y'all can have play dates. Y'all can have these cute backyard birthday parties. You get that bonding time with them because you've got all this free time. But what do you have when you've got two jobs and you're barely making? Yeah. What do you have? You know, what do you have then? But a lot of frustration and anger, and under that, probably a lot of fear. Like, you know, what's going to come next? Am I going to make it till whenever? So, and, and that's not that's not counting the job. Maybe where you're on your feet for eight oh, yeah. hours. And then you got to deal with public transport to get home. And then you got to get home and you still have crap you got to do at your house. Yep. And you're exhausted. Yep. You just want to sit down. I sit down at my job for most of the day. And yep. I come home and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tired as hell. And yep. I was sitting on my ass all day. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's true. It's true facts. And then come home after doing that. And then all of a sudden your kid comes to you, Thomas, and yeah, we got this new math. Oh, the hell you don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's, um, it's, 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 the, the toll is, like I said, it's, it's, there's a lot of intangibles in there as well. Not just the being able to enjoy those creature conference or convenience. It's the, it's, it really is time spent. Yeah. Time spent, you can't get it back. And if money's tight, you probably don't have it. You may not have internet at home. Yeah. And anymore, a lot of assignments involve needing the internet for your kids to do homework. So what does yeah. that mean? Somebody, either they go to a friend that has it, or you have to take them to the public library so they can get internet there. Or maybe if you're lucky, you go to a laundromat that has visitor Wi-Fi. And then yeah. your, your kids can, you know, do that while you're there. Which, of course, brings up then the connecting issue to that of you probably also may not have a computer. Yeah. Now, fortunately, a lot of school districts do give kids or assign children um, computers now. So there's, there is at least, you know, that. Mm -hmm. But those are also things that when you are used to them and you just don't give it a second thought, when you are counting every penny and something's got to give, guess what's given? Internet. If you have to choose between... Gas to get to work or internet, you probably pick gas to get to work. <laughs> like I said, you you give up those things. If you, like you said, internet. You give up eating out. You yep. give up going to a movie. You you give up renting a movie. You know what I mean? You give yeah. up cable. If it yeah. comes down to it, those those little creature comforts are often the first things that go out the window. And again, it points to how how much of how much how how those things that are often meant to like de-stress you, not just a matter of convenience, but de-stressing you. Like, yeah, I want some time to sit on the couch and be a vegetable and watch nothing but Real Housewives all weekend long. Can't do it. Had to had the cable cut off. Oops. Then yeah. you're, like, you're looking around like, what am I do now? What? Like, you know, there were times when when my when my daughter was much younger in grade school. There were times when stuff was close. Stuff was close and payday wasn't close enough. You know what I do? I go 
and I had a car. I'd go look and see how much gas I had. Yeah, let's go to the park. And that'd be our day. That was yeah. when it was that's when it was easy to entertain small children. <laughs> right, right. And we if would, if and if you have two jobs, you ain't getting your days off on the same day with nope. two jobs. So you're working seven days a week, which just adds to your constant state of being tired. Yeah. And so when you're home, you still have home stuff to do. Home you stuff. Still, you know, gotta clean, you gotta do all of that junk. And when you if you've never had to think about that type of stuff, you do not realize how that keeps you in poverty generationally. Mm-hmm. It it, just having central heat and air. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. bl- you sleep better. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just sitting there chilling because you got 20 minutes to sit and chill, you are a lot more comfortable chilling in a house with central heat and air than a window unit I'm or no unit. It. I'm here to tell it. Because you can't turn it on because you, you can't afford the electricity. Uh-huh. Or you, or you just may live, you know, either in an apartment building or a house that just didn't have it. Yeah, you know, an older one that never had central heat and air, and so you're sitting here with with that beloved box fan. Everybody sits still in one spot. You'll you'll be cooler that way. Everybody crowd crowd around yeah. the box fan, and it's too hot to do anything. We just gonna sit here. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it it affects everything. It does. It does. It reaches out and in, in, in touches and in, in infects everything around you and influences. It influences how you operate, where you can go, what you can do, how far you can go sometimes. I'm here to tell it. Yeah. It, it affects some of everything. It really does. Yeah. And if you, if you have never been in a situation where you get paid on Friday, it's Tuesday, you run out of milk. Oh, no big deal. You run to the store and you buy milk. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've been in this situation, and I know people that are in this situation. You run out of milk on Tuesday, your kids are getting dry cereal until Saturday morning when you get home from work Friday and you have that new gallon of milk. Because mm-hmm. you can't afford the whatever the cost of the gallon of milk is because you you just don't have it. You don't. <laughs> it's not there. You don't. And, and, the, and the thing of it is, and how... And all the things we've been talking about, how this ends up leading to generational, is that, you know, you have people that have spent their adulthoods living like this. And not that they necessarily wanted to, but circumstances conspired to make that the only way that they could survive. And so they're in survival mode most of their adult life. They've got kids. They raise those kids and those kids are out of the home. Has there ever been a moment that they were able to sit down with their kids and discuss Hey, this is how basic finance is worth. Hey, this is how bank account. I'm sure they know how to do it, but have you ever had the chance to hand those kinds of things down? Or mm-hmm. have you ever been able, and not that you didn't try, but have you ever been able to guide your kids and say, okay, do it like this? Because, you know, they say kids, they will watch what you do. They may listen to what you say, but they will watch what you do. Yeah, and they end up in survival mode a lot of times. Well, that's what we're saying. They end up in survival mode, and you don't understand the difference it makes when you get home at 5, and you can help your kids do homework from, you know, 6.30 to whenever, versus that's when you're at work. Yes. Oh, yes. Trust me. Trust me. And and, and here's, here's, here's a funny bit. I have worked 
in an accounting-related field for the last 12 and a half years. I don't like math. And my, my, my brilliant child would always bring me her math homework. And, you know, me and her, we would butt, we butt heads more often than not over some math homework. And I'm like, I don't know how you don't know this and blah, 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 blah. But that was me having doing what I did all day and being frustrated and knowing, you know, we're addressing something I don't even like very much. I'm supposed to help. I'm supposed to be helping her right. move forward and learn. And any parent worth their salt always wants their kids to do one better, at least than they yeah. That was my goal. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm already operating from what some people would call a deficit because I'm a single parent. Now it's just me. There's nobody to hand it off to. Right. You know, so it's just me all the time. I have to be on all the time. So there's something in there. Or even something like, you know, not particularly caring about math. It may seem small, but it carries. Those kinds of attitudes that you carry with you from when you were a kid and you were learning this thing, it carries with you to when you turn around and try to, you know, help your own kids with it. You don't want it to. You don't mean it to. It does. And then you you sit back and you're like, oh, my God, what did I just say? And, and you're hoping at some particular point that, I hope that lesson didn't stick. You know, like all these lessons I want them to learn, but this is the one I don't want to stick. I don't want them to doubt their own abilities. You know, you want them to move on, grow up, do better. You want to put them out there as a protective person in society. So it's hard to do that when your mind is on stretching from one check to the next, to the next, to the next. It's hard to do that. When you're exhausted, it's it affects your parenting when you're exhausted all the time. All the time. We all know. I mean, you can have money, and if you just had a rough week and you're tired and you're exhausted, you get snappy with your kids. Yeah. If you're exhausted continually, you probably are a little more snappy with your kids than you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's just human nature that way. It's not, you know, and that's just sort of, if you've never stopped to consider, <laughs> you know, what it's like to have to deal with stuff like that. Because it's never been a part of your life. You just don't understand the constant thing in the back of your head. You're always thinking, I have this. I have this. I do not know how I am going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it affects it. everything. It really does. It really everything. does. Yeah. And it's at a certain point, I think, you know, sometimes... The universe moves in your favor and you have an opportunity that'll help move you up the rungs. You take it. And you may have to spend some time and some energy getting up to speed and getting to where you want to be in that position. That may cost you some time, but in the long run, you feel more comfortable. You've got some breathing room. Maybe it's a a nine to five or weekday job. Maybe now you have time to spend with your kids or to take them to and from stuff. Now you can breathe easier. Now it feels better. Now you can, now you've got an example for your kids to look at and see well, they did it. And I've, I've seen what kind of right. odds they were against. I could probably do it too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's an absolute, but it can happen. Yeah. It, yeah. It does happen. And even, even if you know, you're operating like the vast majority of us, if you're operating, you know, as the average American household does, and you know, you're paying the bills. You may have a few dollars to put away here and here and there, but you're not, you're not a millionaire, but you're comfortable. You're okay. 
And that makes a difference because when you're stressed, it's all over you. And my daughter, and I was guilty of this, my daughter would say it to me, you know, in years past, I know you're upset. I won't talk to you about it now. And I always knew it was something serious when she was starting off like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, she, but she was already reading me. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was already reading my mood. She was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to bother her. And I felt bad for it because I've always told her, whatever it is, bring it to me. I'm not saying I was going to be happy, but bring it to me. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, those are those kinds of things in retrospect. You're like, hmm, I hope that if my kids becomes a parent one day, that they'll unlearn. <laughs> right. Those, the negative those, parts of your. Those kinds of, yeah, those kinds yeah. of things that I wasn't aware of until later on. So. And yeah. it, was, it was a lot of that was to do with where am I, what am I doing and how am I going to get to, you know, the next day or the weekend or whatever the case may be. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot that feeds into how you live your life and what you intentionally or otherwise pass on down to your kids. It's a, it's a slippery slope. And you're right. It's it's about it's about what you have that you don't realize has made your life just that just that little bit easier. Yeah. And then you look at people that don't have it and you're just like, just like I was saying earlier, you know, I driving down the street, I um, stopped behind, you know, the local bus and I would see people getting off and they've had their laundry or they'd have handfuls of um, grocery bags. Or sometimes I would see them walking up and down the road with grocery bags. And I pretty much knew, you know, where they were coming from, and where they were going to, because certain neighborhoods, you've got one grocery store. Or if you have one at all, if you have one at all, if you're, you know, if you're unlucky, you're in a food desert. So now there, there's a one, there's a certain area, you know, where I live and I used to live down that way where there was one grocery store. There was actually a Kmart that was right near um, uh, a couple of apartment complexes. And one, I think well, at least one of those apartment complexes took um, low income uh, renters. Right. So. The Kmart was right there in walking distance. A lot of people would go there. The trick was, though, the Kmart had ridiculous prices on some very basic and essential things because they knew they could. Right. So then the Kmart closed. You know how the Sears and the Kmart stores started closing down. And, you know, down the street, up the street and down the way, it's going to be like a 10-minute walk. It's another grocery store. So now those people are now having to travel a little bit further to go there. Same thing started happening. Mm-hmm. prices yeah. on certain things start creeping up and yep. they, they decide they need a security guard to boot yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so it's like you know you've you've got commerce that takes advantage of the fact that yeah we're the only game in town and we know it so we're going to take advantage of that fact so yeah. now and- you need yeah, go ahead. You're, I'm I'm agreeing with you. It's- oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so I'm saying like a dozen eggs, you know, might be like a buck eighty nine. Well, this store, the only grocery store within 10, 15 miles, they're going to charge you two fifty nine because they can and because yep. they know you need it. Yeah, yeah, yep. So yeah. where you know where are you stuck at? All the extra money you might have has to go for stuff like that markups in the grocery store. Or like I said, bus fare or gas money for somebody else. So where do you have time to save and move up? Let's say for a down payment. Where do you have time to save up a grand or two? You don't. You don't. You don't even have. You don't even have the 
the wherewithal to save a grand or two. Exactly. <laughs> you just you don't have the room. You don't have it. Your paycheck ends and you're like, oh my God, I have 50 bucks in my bank account. That hasn't happened in three years. Right. And you're sitting there sweating (laughs) like, what's about to happen? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like Murphy's Law. If you have money left over after paying the bill, something's going to happen. It's Murphy's Law. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and that's why not having to spend your tax return. Yes. To catch up on stuff. Yes. It's something that people don't understand. Yes. What a difference that, you know, if you get your tax return and you just can deposit it because you don't have to, you don't need it versus you get your tax return and you're like, okay, I got to fix the fridge. I got <laughs> that. The window unit ain't been working. We got to replace that. <laughs> you know, I get them brakes on the car. <laughs> yeah. I've been Flintstone and stopping for a bit. And now I can. Yeah. Put the floorboard back on the car so I can use the actual brakes. <laughs> All of that. All of that. Like you, it, It's amazing. And it's not, it's not that you already don't have a list of things that need to be done. As soon as you get some extra money, you take care of those things first. And then something, something else just shows up. Just knocks on the door. Hey, I'm your, you know, I'm your water pump in your car. <laughs> yeah. yeah you just, you just thought you were going to get to go, Thanks. you know. Treat your kids to a, a night at the at the Golden Corral buffet. You thought. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, just and another thing that you hear from, like, conservative circles is, um, well, obviously, uh, being on uh, SNAP benefits can't be that bad because you see all these people that are on that, and they're all fat. Well, that's because when you're on that, you get processed food, and everybody knows the more processed food you eat, the harder it is to lose that weight because it doesn't metabolize in your body the same as, you know, organic or whatever sort of natural foods are. And that is a big part of the problem, too, because then you also can't go to the gym. And then when you're eating at home or you work in fast food, so you your lunch is fast food, it, and that's all contributes to it. It's not that somebody that has SNAP benefits is sitting at home eating bonbons all day. It's once again sort of the situation that you're in, you know, and you're buying a lot of processed food because you have to make it last. Yep. So you're not buying, say, macaroni so that you can make homemade mac and cheese, but you're damn sure buying 20 boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese because that's what you can afford. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> so it is. And not to mention that... You know, you can you can get your your fresh fruits and vegetables, but of course that's only gonna last you so long so long. You yeah. you gotta you gotta cook it within literally a day or two at best before yeah. it goes bad. So and then when you when you you're gonna buy it in quantity, obviously if you've got a big family. You've mm-hmm. gotta use it in a timely manner. And then if you if you manage to find a way to preserve it until you need it somewhere down the road, you might be buying more than you want. And that stuff adds up too. Like even going to a fast food restaurant, you can get a burger for ninety nine cents, but your salad three fifty nine, right. and that is some iceberg lettuce and some shreds of carrots. That's yeah. what they call yep. your salad. So yep. you pay for that um, in that way as well. It's you know it's it's all. It, sometimes I feel like it's all designed to fail to keep to keep you in that situation. It's death by a thousand cuts. Yes, it, it is. Or a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. It is. 
And if you've never been in that situation, you just you just do not understand. And I've been, you know, we've had some times where we didn't have two pennies to rub together, and it was mm-hmm. tight. But even then, I was still, when you factored in the whole of my situation, better off than a lot of people that are in a poverty cycle. I mm-hmm. was still way, way better off, even... Even when I'd had no money to make it until, you know, for three days until I get paid, I was still better off. And that's true. So and that was true. And, and like you said, one of those things just happened to me the fact that you had a car. Yep. And I had know, family that helped. And that too. Stuff, so. if I mean, if you needed, like you said, if you needed the kids picked up, if you needed the kids fed, you know, and so or something came up and, you know, neither you or the missus could get the kids you had somebody that could come in at the last minute and do these things. And I did too, for the most part. But like I said, even, even feeling like you're putting a burden sometimes on them can make you stress out. Like what, you know, what am I keeping them from maybe? And they, they're probably good enough not to say so, but still, yeah. it's on your mind along with everything. Else. And your kids are picking up on the stress of everything too. You, sure. you can't fully hide it. In yes. just this is going to sound dumb, but it is sort of a small example of at the time I didn't realize it. Looking back, it was something that we were privileged that we had family members that were able to do this for us. Mm-hmm. So, Emily, my youngest, like myself, she's allergic to a lot of stuff, she's a severe asthmatic, and we just couldn't have a live Christmas tree because it mm-hmm. just affected her too much. And we were using, uh, Heather's parents' old fake Christmas tree from the 70s. I actually really liked that thing. It went together really easy. It was, it's so, but we were using that and we were fine using that. We weren't mad or upset about it or anything like that. I actually kind of like it because the way it was, you didn't have to fill the whole thing out and you could just do like half a tree and have it against the wall. <laughs> so it took up less space. I think I remember those. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it was like each thing, because now, you know, you sort of fold them down like a, Popping a reverse umbrella. But there you had to take each branch and sort of attach it to the center. So if you didn't want to do the back, you didn't have to. And so we were were just fine with that. We were happy. Mm -hmm. And um, one one Saturday, um, Heather's dad calls. And Heather answers the phone. And he's like, hey, I need to talk to Misty for a minute. And Heather's like, okay. Because that was not a Heather's dad thing. So Heather gives Misty the phone, my oldest daughter, and we hear her talking, and she's like, well, I think they would like color. And he goes, okay, I'll love you, bye, and hangs up. And we're like, what's that all about? She's like, I just can't. It's like, okay. And so 45 minutes later, her parents pull up at the door. Well, they were at, I don't know, Lowe's, Home Depot, wherever, it doesn't matter. But they had bought us a new fake Christmas tree. That had like pre-lights and everything because it was on sale. And they were like, well, we wanted you to just have a new tree. Did we necessarily need the new tree? No, we were fine using the other one. But this one was a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's stuff like that because we were privileged that we had a family member that was well enough off that they could spend the hundred bucks or whatever the cost was. Yeah. To buy us a fake Christmas tree. Yep. And yeah. that's just a small thing. And if you don't have someone that can do that for you, you know, that's just one more. You may not have a Christmas tree that year. Yeah, it was the, the same way when um, uh, I, I relocated um, 
for like a long time, me and my kid mm-hmm. were in a one bedroom apartment. I went not done fancy, but it was something I could afford. So by the time, you know, I started working my way up at my job and, you know, finally started doing day hours, bless. Um, I was doing better and this, the apartment complex happened to have two bedrooms as well. So I go, you know, to the apartment manager, hey, you got any of them opening up? Sure enough. So some months down the road, um, you know, my family helped us move over to the two bedroom and I was I was in hog heaven. And again, this is one of those indications. If you've never had to deal with it, you have no idea how that kind of thing can bring a tear to your eye going from a wet bedroom to a two bedroom. Yeah. So it was a big deal, but I had had the furniture I had wasn't well, it was nothing fancy. It was really not much at all because I had a a fold out couch that I slept on. My daughter had the bedroom. So, you know, we carried all that over to the new place, but now we have two bedrooms. I'm like, okay, I need a bed now. So I got a bed and a mattress set. And I'm like, look at me. I'm moving up in the world. Well, we're moving on. You know, we had been there a little while and um, I still had the old couch, uh, the fold out or whatever. And I, I said, I didn't think much of it because, you know, it's what I got. I'm OK, you know, until I do something else. So, you know, one day my parents show up and I can't remember what the heck they were there for. And my mom looks at my sad little couch and she looks at me and she looks at the sad little couch. She says, do you want a new living room set? I was like, ma'am, it's like she's really looking at me like. Do you do you need a new living room set? I was like, uh, I mean, I, I'll get one eventually. She said, let me buy you a new a new couch. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like it, like it was hurting her to see that poor couch. I was like, okay, so I got a new living room set. It was black and you know, couch and a love seat. And again, it was one of those moments. If you never did it, you never know just how that just. How that feels to step up just a little bit. And especially, like you said, having family that sees those things, whether you've said anything about it or not, that sees those things and they want to they they bless you. you. And they want to bless you. And they they have the means to help you. Yeah. And that is a privilege that I don't think a lot of people realize is there. It is. And, and if you're a fourth generation person stuck in a poverty cycle, you don't have that because your parents and grandparents are stuck in the same cycle that you are now in. And Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I do want to tell you about this story for the Boys and Girls Club and end on a positive note. Okay. So, there was an OU football player by the name of Tommy Harris, and he went on to play for the Chicago Bears, and I think he played for a good seven or eight years. Um, he made the news a few years ago because his wife, strange i don't remember what the cause was but something happened and she passed away mm-hmm. it like just completely unexpected but um one of the things tommy harris would do is he would when he when he played he would come into town and he would have a fundraiser for a local entity that needed you know chair charitable charity money raised for him mm-hmm. and this particular year he had his event at the museum where i work and what he did was he brought in something like 30 NFL players and guys that played at OU with them. And, you know, these guys were on different teams. And then they would invite wealthy people from Oklahoma City and they would auction off 
game jerseys that are autographed by the various players or game cleats or you know whatever and there were different levels of stuff and they would auction them off and then they had other stuff that people would donate and then a lot of times the players would then go and so there was the silent auction on that and then like an auction on the jerseys mm -hmm. and then he would give the money that was raised to various charities well one of the charities they were doing was the boys and girls club that is on the i guess you know in oklahoma city it's the east side and the east side is sort of where lower income black people live mm -hmm. <laughs> but the the boys and girls home the guy that runs it has got to be one of the nicest thousand people on the planet <laughs> right mm -hmm. this man had he knew his calling he had it he loved his calling he was perfect for the job that he was in. Mm -hmm. But Tommy Harris had somehow heard about this man and that he was going to be one of the charities that they were donating to. And Tommy Harris had him come as his guest. And keep in mind, these are like $500 a plate meals, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, for this event. Mm -hmm. But it's pro athletes and wealthy people. $500 a plate isn't a thing for them. And they're doing it for charity. It's probably a tax write-off. <laughs> right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so... um the guy's there, and things are going off, and when Tommy Harris got up and talked, he was sort of briefly talking about that guy, and he was saying that when the guy first got there, the, I wish I could remember his name, but it's been far too many years, <laughs> so he'll just be the guy. <laughs> so he, uh, when he first got there, like, the Boys and Girls Club closed at, like, 6.30, I think is what it was, but he quickly realized that there were a lot of parents that couldn't get their kids until 7 or 7.30. So he extended the hours to like 8 o'clock so that the kids would have a safe place to be until mm -hmm. their parents could get them. Yeah. And it wasn't anybody made him do that. He just did it because he cared about the kids and he saw a need. And he took time out of his life to help these kids mm -hmm. have yeah. a safe place to be, even if only for another extra hour and a half or whatever, you know. And um, apparently their facility, it needed, you know, the inside of the building needed to be painted and he needed some, you know, new furniture and computers. And that was what this money was going for, um, you know, to fix up his his place. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the guy's name. He's an agent. He was he's like a big name agent in the NFL. And he's had some guys that are, you know like A-list mega athletes. Mm -hmm. And he was there because I think he was also Tommy Harris's agent. And so he yeah. was there. And um, he went and asked that guy, he was like, so I don't this guy here. Who's your favorite player? And he, you know, just talking and everything. And so he tells him. And so that when it gets up to that player's jersey that mm -hmm. had come off, um, Drew Rosenhaus. <laughs> I don't okay. know his name. So anyway, when it gets time for that jersey, they announced that Drew had had the highest bid and he won it. I don't even the dollar amount doesn't matter, but mm -hmm. he he had the highest bid and he won it. Mm -hmm. And so he gets up there to get his thing, and then he says, "Hey, the guy, come here. I bought this for you." And he hands it to him. <laughs> <laughs> right? He was like, I, "I'm just impressed with how much you love these kids." And I know that you're here, you know, for the kids and you do mm -hmm. all of this stuff for the kids. And he was like, I wanted you to have something that was just for you. And so <laughs> he, he gave him that jersey. And 
I just always thought that was really, really cool that they did that. And he ended up uh, getting it to where they were able to completely repaint the facility. Mm -hmm. He got the new computer upgrades that he needed. And it, it worked out really well for the Boys and Girls Club that particular year. But I just thought that was really cool that someone recognized this is a man that gives. He needs someone to give to him. <laughs> That's a man that had privilege and used that privilege to bless others. Yeah, he did. He did, and I, I, I do. I enjoy. I enjoy that story, and I enjoy. I definitely enjoy people that that can step in and do that. And just like you said, not because all of a sudden there was a huge outcry, but because he saw the need and said, "I can do something." Yeah, I have. I have room. I'm at a point in my life that I can do this, and so I'm going to do it. Yeah, he's like this man has dedicated his life to helping kids. And there's no way in hell he'll ever be able to afford a game jersey that's autographed. I'm going to do something nice for him. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He may be a jerk the rest of his life. I have no idea. But in that one minute. Yes. He was incredibly generous. Yes, he was. He and, was. Um, uh, the guy that ran the uh, Boys and Girls Club, he was just speechless. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he didn't know what to say because he wasn't there for that. He was there for right. his... His kids. For his kids. Yep. Yep. And so. he, and you know, he's, and if it's, if he's anything like he sounds, he probably went home with that and just sat and looked at it for a really long time. Like, hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, like, I appreciate it. And of course, I'm sure he thanked him and all that stuff. But he, he probably sat there and said, huh. And probably didn't think of it as, oh, I earned this or anything remotely like this. Like, this was nice. And then he probably yeah. got up the next day or however many days later and went right back to doing his job. <laughs> yeah, and based upon the type of person that was, that he was, or well, I'm assuming still is, uh, the guy that got that jersey, if he saw a need and he had to sell that game jersey, he just might. He probably would if he yeah. needed the money for that to help somebody out. I think that is probably the type of guy that would do it. Yeah. So, that, and that's and then and really that story kind of defines what I hope we're you know we're about. We're, we want to we want to encourage these things as much as we talk about things that come off negative or negative stories. It's not what we're about. It's not what we're trying to push. We just know it's because where we live, we know we're blessed to be here with all its faults. Mm -hmm. We're blessed to be here. We love the country we're in. We want to see it do better. That's that's really the end, yeah. end period for me. You and know? for the country to be better, we have to be better people. Yep. And even just the small thing like that, or holding the door open for somebody, or just those little moments of paying it forward. Yeah. You know, like you know, and and I've had people do it for me, and I've done it for a few people. Like you're in line at the grocery store, and the person behind you has a couple of things. Hey, let me pay for their stuff. Pay it forward. Yeah. You know, it's yep. just one of those things that it strikes you in that moment. Okay, this is the right thing. Not a good thing. You're not looking for anything. It's just, I want to do this because I can. Yep. Yep. And, for and sure. To, you know, to be in a position in your life that you can do those things and not think twice and not think of getting anything back. Yeah. It, it, it kind of, it kind of, it makes you stop and pause compared to where you might have been to where you are now that you can look back and say, I recognize that person in need or maybe not in need. I just recognize a moment where I can pay kindness forward. Yep. Wherever, wherever I'm at, I may have gotten it from in the past. 
I can now, I am now in a position I can pay it forward. So, yeah. 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 Yep, for sure. Yep. So, I think we probably should go ahead and end it. But just remember, the small things that you take for granted, someone else, it may be a, a very big thing for their lives. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, it's been fun show well not a fun show a f- an interesting talk i'm glad we had it yes i am too and and as we talk you know some things some memories occurred to me so <laughs> yep yeah yeah, yeah. so and, with uh, that listening friends i'm gonna say bye because i'm not gonna say it in german <laughs> and thanks for tuning in love peace and hair grease we out bye as always thank you for listening to our podcast if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform your feedback is valuable and we welcome it if you would like to contact connect with or just want to see what we talk about between episodes you can find us on facebook under our podcast name on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, our website, podpage.com, slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world, or email at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. If you would like to learn about and contribute to our chosen charities, you can do so at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a product of Hyper Focus Podcasts.